Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley. Welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, our first debater can be heard anywhere and everywhere on talk stations across the country, Casey Bartholomew. Hey, Casey. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. We'll just leave it at that. Our next debater. Oh, well, I'm glad you are. Our next debater shares her arguably unusual takes on the latest news events in the Washington Post and online at WashingtonPost.com. Alexandra Petri. Hey, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. And our third debater, well, is an empty chair this week. Oh, no. He beat Clint Eastwood. Yep. <laughs> He flaked on you is what you want to say. That's what happened. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's say hi to the empty chair. Hi, hi empty chair. Hi, empty chair. It's the RNC 2012 all over again. <laughs> and they will, including the empty chair, will all be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win over a judge who this week is Kareem from San Antonio. Hey, Kareem. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Doing, doing pretty Kareem? good. Ooh, hey. Good, good. So Kareem's on, Dennis. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kareem's job is to analyze and critique each response our contestants give to questions I present throughout the show. Along with asking the questions, I am the show's referee. If I hear something that I don't like or maybe merits a penalty, you will hear this whistle. Now, before we get started, let's give our contestants an opportunity to ask the judge a question to get to know him a little bit better. Let's uh, start with Casey. A question for a judge. Hey, Kareem, you married? Do you have any kids? No, I am currently single, but I do have a very cranky cat. Cranky. That's even more important, actually, to have a cat. Okay, very good. I'm satisfied. Incredible. Yeah. Alex, <laughs> a question for our judge. Wait, Kareem, what's your cat's name? Your cat sounds awesome. <laughs> her name her name is yeah. Yumi. I gave her a Japanese name because I went through an anime kick when I first got her. But um she's uh she's a lot of things and I appreciate her calico-ness and um and her crankiness because, you know, it fills in the void of my life of being single. It makes me feel like there's a wife in the house. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad now. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, suppose... you say that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's play. Opening arguments on Master Debaters. It is time for opening arguments. In this segment, I'll give each combatant a question, and that combatant answers the question, and our judge, Kareem, will give them a score between 0 and 10 points. They will have a 30 seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when time is up. We're going to start with Casey. 
Uh, Casey, uh, standby in kitchens for decades, has a new lease on life all thanks to COVID-19. Your grandmother may have used it. Now millennials are embracing the storage containers that lock in freshness and Tupperware is having a renaissance. The company had negative sales growth over five of the last six years and then came COVID-19. Homebound Americans started cooking a lot more and we needed something to store all of those leftovers. Tupperware's latest earnings showed a profit of over $34 million thanks to increased consumer demand. We're in the phone book. And now also on social media. Daria Albinger, ABC News. So Casey, do you agree that Tupperware is is back 30 seconds <laughs> well i don't know that necessarily tupperware is back but it does uh support a contention i've had for a long time now that the entire covid19 uh pandemic was started by corporate america and possibly tupperware in itself just in order to find a desperate attempt to try to make some more money so um i think once this is all said and done Tupperware is going to go to the wayside, and uh, we're going to have to do some sort of investigation to make sure they didn't have anything to do with us. Kareem, what score do you want to give that? Zero to ten. Wow, that's a great piece of analyzing, but I, I don't know. I think that is, I don't know if I could completely agree with that argument, so I'm going to give you a five. All right. Alex, NASA scientists reporting a major discovery. Out of what? Out of what? Five out of what? Out of ten. Out of ten. You know the rules. <laughs> NASA scientists are reporting a major discovery on the moon's surface. NASA scientists say they've discovered water in sunny areas of the lunar surface. Ice has previously been recorded on the moon, but usually in darker, shady areas. The water was found in concentrations of a few hundred parts per million. By comparison, the Sahara Desert has about a hundred times more water than what was detected on the moon, according to NASA. But the discovery raises a host of questions, such as how the water got there, but also how it remains on the arid, atmosphereless surface of the moon. Mark Remillard, ABC News. So, Alex, are you excited about the idea of microscopic amounts of water being found on the moon? 30 seconds. I'm very excited about the concept of water being on the moon, although I hate that all the people who tell us about the scale at which this water exists, I think, are ruining the news for us. Hearing, oh, there's shady water on the moon that we didn't expect was there, that's exciting, breaking news. Hearing that there's less water on the moon than in the Sahara Desert, that sort of lets you down. I miss when we had good, interesting space news, like there's maybe a habitable rock. There's all kinds of good stuff going. I wish they hadn't told us the amount of water and instead had just led with the fact that there was some kind of water there. To me, that's the kind of inspiring story we need right now. Kareem, score zero to 10. Inspiring in that I would rather be on the moon than being on this planet right now, yeah. Uh, I am going to go ahead and give her argument a nice solid seven. All right. The next topic, oh. there, there is a new app that lets you hire your own personal bodyguard. It's basically Uber for bodyguards. 30 bucks for 30 minutes. Bond CEO Doran Kempel says many of the app's bodyguards are former Secret Service agents, cops, ex-military, or other security professionals. We make it as accessible and affordable as ordering dinner online. So uh, would you consider using a personal bodyguard app? Well, since we have an empty chair, I'll let both uh, Casey and Alex fight over these 30 seconds to answer that question. Oh, I think... 
I would definitely use it. It sounds like a quibby version of the bodyguard. Like you could just get like a 30 minute installation of like your own private bodyguard. You could get Whitney Houston in there. You could have that whole drama, but playing out over a contained period of time. To me, that sounds like a maybe thrilling potentiality. Although the more I think about it, the more I worry that actually there's hundreds of ways for it to go wrong and I shouldn't have immediately jumped yes on the concept. Why don't you just get on Tinder and have some freak come over to your house? And do God knows what to you. That's that's pretty much the equivalent to what you're doing here when you're going on the internet for people. All right, uh, Kareem, um, how many points you want to give uh, each of them for that shared 30-second spat? Uh, kind of like the movie idea. Having Kevin Costner for 30 minutes doesn't sound like a bad idea. So I'm going to give that argument a seven. As far as the tender argument, probably true and that it's probably easier to do that. But also, I'm going to... But that's kind of shady, so I'm gonna go four. All right, a four. <laughs> well, coming up, wait a minute. What so you... the lonely cat owner is going after the female debater more than me. Is that what's happening? Yep, that and more master debaters from KTSA. <laughs> this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. It is. We have Casey Bartholomew, Alexander P. Try in an empty chair this week, competing to convince our judge Kareem that their argument is the best argument. And if you'd like to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, ktsa.com slash masterdebaters, and enter be our next judge. Let's keep this debate going. For argument's sake, on Master Debaters. In this portion of the show, I will give all, well, two contestants the same question. They will each take a turn presenting it and presenting their argument on it. After they all take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will then give each of them anywhere from 0 to 10 points for their responses. The mayor of San Antonio, Ron Nuremberg, is condemning a photo showing the city's fire chief posing nude next to a woman who's, uh, uh, excuse me, the fire chief posing next to a woman whose nude body is covered with leaves and sushi. The difference. What was in that photo is, is clearly counter to what we expect from uh, the values of this organization. In the photo obtained by the Express News, San Antonio Fire Chief is kneeling next to a table where a woman's nude body is covered with leaves, flowers, and sushi. The scene in that photo is counter to the standards and values that we expect from the city of San Antonio organization. Mayor Ron Nirenberg supports the city manager's call for an investigation. Chief Hood was off duty when the photo was taken at a firefighter's birthday party in January. Elizabeth Ruiz, KTSA News. Now to add a little more context to why the city bosses are investigating, the city has a zero tolerance policy on its public servants doing anything in the public that would cast the city in a negative light. So uh, we're going to start with Casey. Uh, should people be judged by their bosses for what they do off the clock? 30 seconds. You sign up for that job and you know there's a, uh, that deal on the table. You know that you're not supposed to do that sort of thing and that they hold you to a higher standard. But especially right now, if you are a police officer, I don't know if I'd feel the same way uh, if it was just a random employee, maybe a mail carrier or something like that. But if you're a police officer right now in the United States of America, you have to be doing it cleaner and you have to be doing it better. And all you did was cause problems where problems didn't previously exist. I think the guy uh, deserves to get uh, thrown under the bus here. Alex, 30 seconds. I have to say, I still am stuck on the image that you initially created of the police, of the officer himself, nude, 
uh, having sushi eaten off of him. Because that to me is a much thornier and more interesting question of like, should he be judged if that's how he likes to spend his spare time? And I feel like the, the you know the nude if you're the nude person having sushi eaten off of you, far be it from me to judge you. And if you're getting compensated for that, you know, all good. And I guess it is kind of a relief in some ways that there's a scandal involving. Uh, you know, a sort of a member of law enforcement that is just like where nobody's getting hurt in a serious way. Now to clarify, this is the fire chief, not the police chief. So okay. uh, Kareem, Kareem, uh, points you want to give out to Casey, Alex, or even the empty chair if you want to give the empty chair some points. The empty chair may have won this one. We'll give the empty chair five points just because. But um, I would like to give a heavier share of the points over to Casey this time. Because if you are a official in a city capacity, I do think you probably should be careful where your photos taken and um, uh, where the sushi is laid. So, uh, how many points do you want to give him? Uh, how many points am I allowed to give? Up to ten. Okay, so Casey, I'm going to give you seven. Alexandria, I'm going to give you five. All right. Next, I, I'm okay with that because up until just now, I had less points than the empty chair. So. <laughs> <laughs> next top, next topic. There's a troubling new study involving the dentistry profession. It's something to chew on. Nearly half of the 200,000 dentists in the U.S. experienced verbal or reputational aggression by patients in the past year. And one in four faced physical aggression. That's according to a new study from researchers at NYU College of Dentistry. Experts say many dental patients have high levels of anxiety and vulnerability that could lead to aggression. Jim Crisula, CBS News. So uh, would you ever abuse your dentist? Uh, Alex, 30 seconds. I would never abuse my dentist. I don't know how these people are managing to abuse their dentists with their mouths open. All I can get is sort of a strange gargling sound to come out. I feel like the logistics involved, uh, what, what comes out of their mouths is bad, but the fact that they're able to do it at all impresses me. But no, I once had a slightly awkward interaction with my dental hygienist, and to this day, I can barely look her in the eye. So I can't imagine how these people expect to sustain relationships with their dental care providers if they insult them. I certainly wouldn't do it. And also, they're the one holding the drill. It's just bad practice. Casey, 30 seconds. All right, you're dealing with somebody whose job is literally to cause you pain and discomfort, and they have absolutely complete control over how much pain and discomfort they call, cause you. Why you would be sitting in their chair, completely at their mercy, with God knows what sort of medical instruments going into your mouth, that you would then criticize them in any way, shape, or form, is the textbook definition of stupid, because they are going to cause you that much more pain if you do it. Kareem, how many points do you want to give our two contestants and the empty chair? I think that was an interesting argument on both of your parts. I'm going to go ahead and give Alex nine points because I do agree. Um, I've never had a problem with my dentist, and I would never assault them. Casey kind of took it at a different stance, but also I agree with him. You know, you're at the mercy of these people. I give him an eight. As far as the empty chair, eh, let's give the chair two points. All right. <laughs> Major League Baseball's investigation down my neck. <laughs> is in full swing into Los Angeles Dodgers third baseman Justin Turner returning to the field to celebrate the team's World Series win 
despite testing positive for COVID-19. With the Dodgers back home now here in L.A., minus Justin Turner, Major League Baseball will have to decide what to do about Turner ignoring rules. And the MLB says he even emphatically refused to comply with MLB security that night, who approached him about not returning to the field. Sources are telling our partners at ESPN that Turner could be suspended. The wife of a Rays player has also reportedly tested positive and remains in Arlington, Texas. Alex Stone, EBC News. So uh, would you disobey your overlords, in this case Major League Baseball, so you could celebrate a major life achievement? Casey, 30 seconds. No, we're talking about a potentially life and death situation here. Not only did he not stay in quarantine, he took his damn mask off when they were taking pictures. No matter what you think about the masks, it's been proven that if you wear a mask, you have a lesser chance of infecting somebody else like they always say you're not wearing the mask for you you're wearing the mask for everybody else this guy was selfish he should be fined he should be suspended he should be punished and if anybody god forbid dies because of this he should be charged with manslaughter alex 30 seconds i'm in agreement i think to quote sean doolittle baseball is the reward of a functioning society it's not more important than actually keeping people safe you're not one congratulations good for you but it's not worth anyone's life and it's not worth you can celebrate it for the rest of your life in the comfort of your own home without putting anyone at risk and it's sad that he wasn't mature enough to do that and i think he ought to face penalties for doing so because it's human lives it's yeah that's a good sport kareem how many points want to give out to everyone in and the chair including the chair. Yeah. I agree with both of them. I think Alexandria gave a good argument. I give her eight points. But I do think Casey probably said it best a little bit better. So I'm going to give him nine points. And the chair, chair will get one point. All right. That's what you get for staying quiet, Damn right? Chair. You're doing so well. <laughs> Just when do people lose their lust for life? Well, researchers in Scandinavia say they've pinpointed that exact moment. How do I know? My youth is all spent. Norwegian researchers studied that get-up-and-go attitude among different age groups. They found the drive to achieve and try new things is strong between the ages of 14 and 53, but then weakens dramatically after that. Presumably, the advice then is to follow the words of that Pete Seeger song and think of the places your get-up has been. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. So uh, the research found that the lost for, lust for life is lost in the mid-50s. Do you agree with that research? Alex, 30 seconds. I don't agree with it because let, let me describe how I spent my past weekend. I'm a vibrant spry, early 30-something, and yet I spent this weekend, I had a dream that I did a puzzle, and then wouldn't you know, I, I spent the whole weekend doing a darn jigsaw puzzle. If I had any lust for life, COVID has taken it from me. Frankly, I don't think... That 53 is an unreasonable number, but it's far too far in the future. All of my zest for a living has gone out of me. And I think you can date it as early as you want, provided they're living in these times. Casey, 30 seconds. Uh, you know, I don't agree with that. I'm not in my mid-50s yet, so I don't think I'm going to lose my lust for life. But uh, I've been happily married for a long time. I've got two kids. I like to go out. I like to hang out with them. I, too, have done the occasional puzzle. Not really big ones, but I do puzzles. Uh, <laughs> I like to go out with my family and experience things. Uh, my father is in his uh, late 70s, and he still likes to go out. So I think it depends on the individual and how uh, how much lack of motivation they have and how depressed they might be with their current situation. 
Kareem points for everyone. Oh, I'm sorry. I was busy doing my jigsaw puzzle. Oh. Um, let's see. <laughs> I think if it's over 200 Actually, gr- pieces, you're just bragging. It's a, it's a picture of a cat. No, it's not. Um, I agree with both of them, and I do think that in this case, both of them gave a um, a very solid argument. So I'm both. I'm giving them both a number eight. And as for the chair, obviously he does not have a lust for life, um, so he gets nothing. All right. <laughs> Next topic. An argument could be made that the guys in the chair has more of a lust for life because he's not here. Yeah, it's, that could be <laughs> very fairly argued. Very fairly and argued. Chair itself is like an entity. I had forgotten <laughs> that there was be a person there, and I was treating the chair on its own terms. So, uh. <laughs> well, the price of chair, Netflix chair and chilling. Speaking of lust for life. Uh, it's going up. It's going to cost you more to watch that new season of The Crown and your other favorite Netflix shows. Your Majesty. The streaming service, which is the most popular in the world, raising its prices. The most popular plan, two HD streams going from 13 to 14 bucks a month. The premium tier going from 16 to 18 bucks a month. But the cheapest plan will stay at $9. Netflix says the increase is so that it can continue to offer more variety of TV shows and films. New subscribers will see the increase immediately, while it might take a few months for current subscribers. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. So, uh, Casey, how much is too much to pay for Netflix? 30 seconds. I think more than 10 bucks is too much to pay for Netflix. They've been telling us forever, you got to cut the cord, you got to cut the cord. And then everybody goes to Netflix. Well, then now everybody has a streaming service. So you cut the cord for cable and you end up paying 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there, 20 bucks there, 20 bucks there. Suddenly you're paying more money for a variety of different services. And also the great myth of Netflix is that they sell it as though everything's on Netflix. But then when you pay for Netflix, there's nothing on Netflix to watch on a regular basis. So more than 10 bucks is too much. Alex, how much is too much for Netflix? 30 seconds. Well, I feel like the obvious joke to be made here is like, who's got their own Netflix account and isn't just grandfathered in on their friend's dad's cousin's account like the rest of us are. But no, I think it's good to pay for content. It's important to support quality. Uh, Sorry, you got into my newsroom spiel again. But no, uh, I think it's good to pay for Netflix. But now that they've got us locked in our houses with only Netflix for entertainment, they could really charge us whatever they wanted. And I'm amazed they only upped it by like two bucks per plan because really they got a captive audience here. And uh, I agree there's nothing to watch. Alex, you want to give a plug for the Washington Post subscription? If we have you know, some time here. quality content, democracy dies in darkness. <laughs> Kareem, <laughs> how many points do you want to give out for those arguments? I think Casey won this argument. I'm going to give him eight points, and I'm going to give Alex six points. Because, you know, I also think, you know, we're all locked in here, but come on, more than $10? I don't think so. What about the chair? Any pity points for the chair? chair. The chair is probably sitting and watching Netflix right now, for all we know. (laughs) I'll give give the chair a couple of points. Okay. Next topic, a house divided against itself cannot stand, said Abraham Lincoln, quoting the Bible. However, a couple in Massachusetts is working to prove him wrong. I really can't. It's a compromise. That's Tilda in Rocky DeRocco. This election, she's voting for Joe Biden. He's voting for Donald Trump. But after 34 years of marriage... What's more important than politics is our relationship. Their agreement to disagree extends to their front yard in Boston, where they have his and hers campaign signs putting their compromise on display for all to see. There is something more important than winning for your party 
try winning for the people. That's what's really important. And, and they've completely lost sight of that. Filled us hope for all of us. I just want to go back to normal. <laughs> Sherry Preston, ABC News. First of all, let's all appreciate the New England accents right there. Uh, now, could you date or be married to someone who's not completely on the same political page as you? Alex, 30 seconds. I think there's a difference between not being completely on the same political page, where it's like one of you wants to vote for the ballot initiative 83 to put mushrooms off of the like police priority list, and another of you thinks that there's a better way of doing that. And then there's like actual deep values. I feel like I couldn't be uh, with somebody who didn't share my deep values. And I feel like th this election is one where you really are coming across that question. So I, I don't know that if somebody thought that Donald Trump, uh, with all of the brutal, dangerous, dehumanizing things that he's done and the lives that he's taken was a good choice for the country, that I could be with that person. Casey, 30 seconds. I think it comes down to mutual respect. My wife is a lifelong Democrat. Uh, I know she's going to vote for Joe Biden. I happen to think she's wrong. I think Biden's an idiot. Uh, I'm going to be voting for Trump, and we know this, but I respect her opinion, and I see how she gets there. She respects my opinion. She sees how I get there. So in that way, as long as we have mutual respect, on top of that, I have a 20-year-old daughter who's going to be voting in her first election. She's voting Democrat, and nothing about that is going to change my love for her. She made a decision based on the information and that's all i care about she made her own decision all right kareem points what are you doling out for these arguments mm, this is a tough one both of them put good arguments but i'm not sure which direction to go on this one um let's start with casey i think that it's very admirable that he can live in a household full of people who completely vote differently than him i'm gonna give him seven points as for alex i do believe convictions are very important and uh, you have some deep-rooted beliefs in them I think relationships in the long run are often shared by people who share the same values. So I'm also going to give her seven points. So I guess it's a tie. And the chair? I don't share the chair's values, so the chairs get no points. All right. Well, coming up, our, our debaters have been thinking all week about just random stuff. Let's hear what they're thinking about, what their competitors think about that, or actually competitor, whatever, next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week is Casey Bartholomew, Alexandra Petri, and an empty chair. Woo! We're all working to co coerce our Judge Kareem to give them more points than their fellow competitors. Let's keep this debate going. State your case on Master Debaters. So our competitors before the show came in with a topic they wanted to talk about, a case they wanted to present to our judge. They will each get 90 seconds to present that argument. While that presentation is being given, the other combatants can opt in to challenge the argument. They will get 45 seconds each to do so. When they are done, the original presenter will get 45 seconds to respond to those challenges. Now, if they change the topic, from what they had originally sent in, I will assess an automatic five-point penalty. There are also now more points at stake. Our judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic or can take away up to 20 points from everyone, whether they challenge or choose to stay quiet. So our points leader right now is Alex. So you get to start with your 90 seconds. Ooh. All right. So I want to talk about a little something I like to call the midnight ballot. So... Uh, Justice Kavanaugh has been putting out some opinions, and I'm no Supreme Court justice, we can all agree on that, but I think his opinion is nutty. Frankly, he says that 
if states start want, want to avoid chaos and suspicions of impropriety that are, will ensue if thousands of absentee ballots flow in after election day and flip the results of an election, how can a ballot cast in an election flip the result of the election? It doesn't make any sense. That's part of the things that the election inherently involves are the ballots cast by people. This is a special year and it's a tough time to be doing anything, let alone voting. But that doesn't mean that, like, does he have this vision that at midnight, all of the ballots will suddenly turn back into pumpkins? Like, what does he think will go on if the guy counting them in the office, suddenly he looks at his watch and the ballot's doing something different? I just really think voting is such a fundamental right. You know, look, to get serious for a second, like we should be doing everything we can to make certain people are able to have their voices heard. And if that means when the clock strikes midnight, we don't just cast away the ballots, I think we absolutely have to do that, regardless of what chaos might ensue, which I don't think it would be chaos. So anyway, I think at midnight, a ballot's still a ballot, and I think he's talking out of his fancy robe hat. So no challenges on that one. Even the chair oh, I, thought, I thought I, I thought I waited until she was done. Mm -mm, no, you let me know <laughs> while she's arguing, then you can argue oh, after she's done. Okay, okay, I mean, then I'm, that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take my uh, my hit. That's all right. Okay, uh, Kareem, <laughs> how many points you want to give out? Negative 20 to 20. <laughs> okay, I'll admit this is the first I've heard of this news story, and I thought it was very interesting. I will totally agree that I do think that um, regardless of midnight or whatever, you do have a ballot that has been cast and that person's vote is no less legitimate than the person who voted in early voting period time. So I'm going to give her a 17. And uh, do you want to give Casey in the chair any points, take away points, leave them even? I, I will say Casey... that I had some fantastic challenges. <laughs> I'm I just didn't say for, them. I'll go ahead and give boring. you an eight. And as far as the chair, the chair gets a negative seven. Negative seven. Oh no, the chair is really uh tapping the bed here. Yeah, rough, rough game for the chair right now. Uh Casey, your 90-second argument. Okay. Uh a lot of companies this uh this year, uh White Castle is doing it. Uh Ben and Jerry's Steak and Shake are a couple of the chains that are giving employees paid time off to go and vote, as well as free food deals, free rides all over the place. Getting a in fact, in one place, um, I believe it's Starbucks that's not giving people paid time off to vote. They're they're providing all their employees uh, a free one-way lift ride to vote, but after that, they li leave them there because they're not going to bring them back. So that's something. I just don't believe that people should be paid to vote by companies because you run into the problem of a company having an official stance on who they're voting for, regardless of who it is, and then viewing that as sort of paying for the vote when the people who are working for them are given the time off to go vote. And I think there's a uh, the appearance of impropriety there. And in a year where every vote is going to matter and everybody needs to get out and vote absolutely positively, I don't think we could have any appearances of impropriety there. I also have a problem with people needing time off to vote because believe it or not people did actually die people did actually put on a uniform and die so you could go vote if you don't have time to go vote if you don't want to make the time to go vote then don't do it but don't expect to be paid to go vote because i think that's the wrong message to say
All right, Alex, 45 second challenge. I was mostly in agreement with you. I think like it is a little bit sketchy to have companies, whenever companies tell me to do something, I always get skeptical. But I do think just because people died for the right to vote doesn't mean that we should be celebrating the fact that it's difficult. The fact that we have all of these lines, the fact that it takes as long as it takes to vote, is not like a triumph of democracy. It's a bad thing. I think, like, ideally, Election Day would be a federal holiday. I, I think people should be able to vote. The fact that uh, there was a lot of sacrifices that went into making that right accessible to people doesn't mean that, like, it's on us to have to take the time out people who work and who need the time that they earn money from working like they shouldn't get to vote less than people with more leisure that doesn't make any sense so i think that that's where i disagree with you all right casey 45 second response all right first off it is not difficult to go vote that's one of the greatest myths in this country especially this time of year where we're pushing ids of voter id and everything like that which is an absolute necessity and we're going to find that out after this election i think it is not at all difficult to vote i've done it year after year if it's important to you you make the time it's nobody living a luxurious lifestyle because they make the time to perform their civic duty nobody works 24 hours a day and i've never had a problem going to vote. I've never had a problem making the time. Also, the thing I don't like about making it a holiday is that if you make it a holiday, uh, even though it's Tuesday, people will try to take Monday off and turn it into a four-day weekend, and then less people will vote after that. So I think that's a horrible idea. So, Kareem, uh, what points do you want to give out? Interesting take. I didn't know uh, Ben and Jerry's could send you with a pint of ice cream to go vote. That'd be fun. But I'm going to go at this uh, based on my experience voting this year. I've been, I did it early. Um, wasn't too, too difficult. Um, so hearing both arguments. Um, so, uh, gosh. All right. Casey, I'm going to give you a nice solid 15. Um, I do think maybe there should be a federal holiday. But instead of making it on Tuesday, why don't we just make election day on like a Saturday? And as for Alex, I liked your argument too. Um, I'm going to give you a 14, though, um, and um, yeah, there we go. And as for the chair, um, uh, well, negative one. Negative one. All right, well, who <laughs> will win? It comes down to one final fight. This is Master Debaters from KTSA. Mr. started off so strong. Hey, it's Dennis Foley. I want to let you know about the best way to find out about what's going on in San Antonio and across Texas in a flash, the KTSA News Flash. KTSA News Flash is a five-minute news update you can listen to whenever, wherever. Get the latest of what's happening at City Hall, at your kids' schools, and even some things you didn't realize were going on, whether you're at home, in the car, or enjoying some time outside. Hear everything that impacts you and your day-to-day -day life in one place. Listen to KTSA News Flash anywhere, anytime at KTSA.com or on your favorite podcast app today. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. That argument, it ends right here, right now. It's a battle this week between Alexandra Petri Casey Bartholomew and an empty chair to convince our judge Kareem that their argument is in fact the best argument and that chair has been pretty chatty lately so watch out for that chair. But right now it comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments. 
on Master Debaters. This is where it all gets decided in a five-minute melee. I present a topic, and our three contestants will hash it out amongst themselves for a whole five minutes, no more, no less. Now, at the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each contestant up to 100 points or can take away up to 100 points. The person wow. with the fewest points will get a 15-second <laughs> head start. Everyone else can join in after the bell has rung. So uh, right now, the contestant with the fewest points is the empty chair. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear what it has to say. So you mean I have the power to give the chair all the points and let the chair win? <laughs> yeah, that's how the game works. Oh my. That's actually you the way my day so is going. So, I, I see that so uh, the topic, whether you are passing out candy at home, having a Halloween party of whatever sort, or seeing people getting dressed up on social media, what Halloween costumes do you want to see this year? Uh, well, empty chair, you get a 15-second head start. Five minutes. All right. I, have to say, I disagree with what the chair said just there. I thought that was way out of line. I mean, there's some things that are just off limits. And I think what chair said just now is one of those things. That's not a valid costume. And I don't want to see that any part of that. And I'm a little embarrassed that we're just having this discussion. Um, I think the vulgarity was unnecessary. Personally, I would like to see no Halloween costumes this year. I don't think anybody has any business going out and trick-or-treating. I have a 12-year-old son. This was going to be his last year. It was going to be his last hurrah. And we said, it's not happening. I bought him a bunch of candy. We'll put it in a, a bowl, and he can pick out of that if he wants to. And we are turning off the lights and locking the door for Halloween this year because I don't want anybody coming to my house because, as we all know, small children are nothing but cesspools of infection. So if they're going to be wandering around the neighborhood with a mask or without a mask, breathing all over me and it's going to every house, house by house by house, the uh, contact uh, study being done there is going to get into the thousands. And I don't know what these people are doing at home. I don't know what these kids are doing at school. I don't know where they are when they're not standing in front of me. So I don't want them walking in front of my house. I don't want them knocking on my door. I don't want them pushing my doorbell. And I don't want to reach my hand out and hand them a piece of candy, not only because of them, but God forbid I get them sick because something might have happened to me from some other little uh, punk that came to my house wanting candy. Just buy your kids some candy, stay at home, no costumes, none. I don't want to see anything. I think that's a fair point because it's one of those things where people keep saying, well, maybe it will work. And I think any situation that involves a lot of small children who are hopped up on candy, hopefully maybe doing something in accordance with scientific guidelines is really not setting itself up for success. Plus, as somebody whose Halloween costume every year I had to carry around like a little plaque explaining what I was trying to be because my execution uh, score was extremely low, even though my concept score was, you know, I was like, I'm going to be John Adams this year. And everyone's like, are you Mozart? Are you a person with like cotton on your head? What's going on? I'm just really did, did you have any friends did you 
<laughs> what young girl is going as John Adams and Mozart? For... <laughs> I just have many friends. Together, we got into the Iliad, and so we went as Trojans, and people did not understand that costume. They thought we were something different, and we were like, no, we're Trojans, like from Homer. And they were just like, very strange, not loving this. Where so did you grow up? Did you have a, did you have a childhood? Did you have any fun? <laughs> I, I, I was going as monsters and vampires, and yours going as historical figures. What <laughs> was your birthday? A trip to the library historical section? What happened there? No, I agree. I think that other kids get spared this just by virtue of it just being a public health hazard to be out there. Maybe they'll be better off than I was. I'm still recovering from having to explain where every single door I went to that I was supposed to be John Adams. You don't doubt I want, I officially want, I don't think anybody should be wearing any costumes this year. I officially want Alex to win this so that she can have, because we're two days, what, a day, well, today's Halloween, isn't it Saturday? Uh, we're going to be able to uh, ha give Alex one positive memory from Halloween <laughs> because she was going as John Adams and Mozart. Well, I don't, you know, I used to go get my, my costumes at Toys R Us with the rubber band in the back and the little fake uh, uh, little nylon outfit you would wear. Uh, I can't imagine they had John Adams and, and Mozart in those places. Don't forget the sexy Calvin Coolidge costume, which is very difficult to pull off because the only thing anyone knows about Calvin Coolidge is that he doesn't say anything. And so you can't explain the costume because it ruins the effect. That was a later year. I, I don't You're not helping yourself. You're making it worse. <laughs> You're making me feel bad for you. But... Well, I think At least all the kids now have have COVID to uh, be able to look back on the negative Halloween and not be able to. You have to look back on when everything was relatively fine and you were going as Calvin Coolidge, John Hudson. <laughs> no, you're right. One year I was Garfield, the cat, not the president. But you could have been mistaken for thinking it was the president, given my trends of prior costumes. Um. <laughs> the sad thing, yeah, the sad thing is I had to make sure it was Garfield the cat and not President Garfield. <laughs> yeah, no, there was no way of knowing there. So, so, sharing this generation kids both infection and that experience, you can't go wrong. I'm not going to say anything else. I want Alex to win now so she has a positive Halloween. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, I, the only way I can compete with lame costumes is going as a letter, but you know, it was kind of cute i was like six years old my mom made me as a yeah so i was like that's that's as close as i can get to that so uh a kareem send everybody here candy so that you can because you, you probably got bags of rocks when you were children <laughs> <laughs> uh, or she, she <laughs> apples whatever other you know so kareem uh what scores you want to give out for those arguments what do you think about that that whole pile of arguments uh, that was a wild one um alex i'm giving you full credit because i don't think i've ever heard the word sexy in calvin coolidge in the same <laughs> sentence and uh you you managed to pull that off and i never once thought of all the presidents to ever pick john adams would be the one <laughs> that you could go dress as I'm, I'm going to give Pierce, you 66 yeah. points. <laughs> he was a looker. <laughs> and uh, Casey, I I agree. It's probably not best to go trick or treating this year, but I see no reason why you can't just sit at home in the costume, take a picture of yourself, and just leave it be. Um, so I'm not totally in agreement with you. Because so I'm going to give you 33 points. <laughs> and how many and as for the chair, 
as from what I can tell, the chair is advocating that our costumes should be nothing this year. So I'm not going to agree with that. I'm going <laughs> to give the chair only nine points. And uh, how many points were you giving, Alexandra? Uh, 66. 66. All right. Let's, uh, I think it's time oh. to do some math here. Let's see. Mm, math, math, math. Uh, put that number there. Okay, that number there. Uh, let's see. Okay, that. Okay. Chair. Oof. Okay. So, after minutes, a very heated discussion about the most controversial topics in the land right now. The time has come to name this week's master debater. Regrettably, in third place, with 11 points, the empty chair. Oh, thank God. In second place, <laughs> with 112 points, Casey, which uh, means... I just, I'm just glad I beat the chair. In first place, with 154 points, this week's master debater is Alex. Congratulations, Alex. You get Yay. 60 seconds to celebrate being a master debater. Starts now. Hey, I've never won one of these before. This is very exciting. And all it took was decades of humiliation when putting on Halloween costumes. I'm trying to think of other ones that I can just miss and we'll get a sense of how sad I was and we can filibuster out the time that way. I want to thank the chair. I want to thank Casey. Um, I want to thank uh, mostly the chair. Uh, and I want to thank our wonderful judge. Uh, I always believed in you and your cat. I believe in your cat most of all. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is even better than the year when I thought I was going as a Roy Lichtenstein painting, but everyone said that I looked like I was measles. Um, that, that wasn't a great year for anyone. And I'm, I'm glad that this year I have something to celebrate. That's good. I'm going to let the time go by. Yeah, I, I have nothing else to say. I'm speechless. Wow. Just bask. Just bask yeah. in the glory. Yeah, I don't hear basking. <laughs> Well, that's it. A big thanks to our two or three contestants, depending on how you view things. Radio talk show host Casey Bartholomew, who could be heard on talk stations all over the country and even around the world occasionally. Huh? Yeah? Occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. International. <laughs> also, uh, Washington Post columnist Angel Alexandra Petri, whose work can be read in the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com and can be found tweeting away at Petri dishes or Petri dishes, depending on, you know, <laughs> how you want to go about it. And our, uh, I guess, third contestant, the empty chair, just, you know, occupying the corner of the room, you know, making us feel a little more cozy and, you know, welcome. And also big thanks to our judge, Kareem, from San Antonio. Master Debaters Yay. is a production of XS Studios and KTSA San Antonio. Learn more about Master Debaters at ktsa.com slash Master Debaters. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk. On air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.